Wow, long, long pause there, but it's very hard when you're given when you're tackling someone like Kubrick, who to me is a, not just a masterful filmmaker, but he's the kind of guy that, uh, as Terry Gilliam said when he told the difference between him and Spielberg was that he left you questions as opposed to answers. Now, this isn't me trying to take a dump on Spielberg. I still love his work, but when it comes to Kubrick, the great thing about him leaving you with questions is even if you manage to get an idea of where those questions range around, they don't fucking make any sense or they just they just lead to more questions. And when it comes to Eyes Wide Shut, just the title itself is the biggest question of them all because it leads to a multitude of questions and there are already a load, a load of questions as regards to the history of this film. I mean, yeah, it's an adaptation of a book called Dreamhouse and... The basic history about that was the fact that Stanley Kubrick, excuse me, I had to move my chair, that Stanley Kubrick had to just basically try and fight, and I mean, after buying the rights to the book, he had so much trouble getting that film produced, and it's quite a shame that this was, well, it's not a shame that it was the last film, I mean, eventually you have to go at some point, and he was relatively old, and he worked himself, I mean, I don't know about the conspiracy theories about Eyes Wide Shut, I don't I mean, I think that maybe there there might be some truth to them. There might be some legitimacy to them. I mean, Kubrick was obviously a deep thinker. He tackled multiple subjects. That's why The Shining, to me, is his masterpiece. And the fact that it isn't just to me, when looking at the documentary Room 237, it obviously isn't just about the Native American Holocaust. It's about multiple acts of violence and things that we often turn away from. And I think Eyes Wide Shut kind of breathes the same air as The Shining, and that's why the title speaks out to me, because obviously the title shows Nicole Kidman and uh, Tom Cruise getting freaky, and obviously they were the perfect stars for this role, given that they're playing like an upper-middle-class family, and they're, I mean, back then they were like the, po the Hollywood power couple of the 90s, and obviously late 80s, but basically they were sexy, beautiful, popular, everything that American culture will promote as to what we want, and yet that's something that we don't really reflect on, and I think Eyes Wide Shut questions so many things about just human nature that you just want, want that you, you can get a better sense of what Stanley Kubrick is ultimately saying, because I mean, I guess you have to turn to William Shakespeare and how he said the world's a stage and we are merely players, and when you think about a stage, you're thinking about the theater in so many ways that you feel like we're all just playing playing roles. We're performing when we're in front of other people. But then again, even when we're at our most private moments, human beings just fucking lie to themselves so much that they become the very lies that they tell themselves, even when they're just it's just simply to themselves rather than to other people that they're trying to convince they replic they exemplify this particular image. And what I mean by that is there's one particular scene in the film where Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, after celebrating some party, or no, no, after coming back from a party, they decide to smoke pot. And obviously they start telling the truth to one another. And Nicole Kidman confesses some sexual fantasy she had that she at, on a previous vacation that she and Tom Cruise and their family went to. And what's interesting about that was that she openly admits that 
even though she thought she loves him and her do- and her daughter, she was willing to throw away her entire marriage for just a brief second for, for a sexual exchange with this young, attractive Marine she saw that just got her so hard and hot under that she was pre- yeah, I just said that that she was just willing to give it all up. And that's and but prior to that, she was questioning Tom Cruise's role as a doctor and how his role involves feeling the breasts of many young women and what he she questioned what he's thinking and he said that sex is the last thing on his mind or even on the minds of the women that he's feeling even though a lot of them are very attractive just as much as he's an attractive man and obviously he's based on the way he's going about it, he's very deluded now this isn't to generalize men and women that's that's a very irresponsible way of looking at the characters in the film but there is the fact that he has a, that he looks at it so simplistically as to not believe that human beings aren't thinking about sex at certain moments and that there's some particular order rather than greater complexity of the human being is very one-sided and i think that's the intention of eyes wide shut i mean just the title itself eyes wide shut i mean it's basically you could say it's like a way of stanley kubrick telling us that there are so many things going on around us, yes, yet we willfully close ourselves off from it. Now, for those who haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut, the basic premise is that it's, a, it's a basically a story about a husband questioning his marriage and his relationship. And it's very infamous for a lot of the openly graphic sex scenes that that took place and the great deal of nudity that was taking place in the film and oh excuse me i just had like a little burp but that's the simple note simple idea of it i mean basically tom cruise's character stumbles upon this a weird sex cult that obviously is that is filled with people all wearing masks and you don't know how who any of them are i mean you can only guess that a lot of these guys are just rich powerful white dudes that run run the world i mean that's probably one of the that's one of the theories that that has come as has come up as a result of 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 uh, the popularity and infamy of eyes wide shut that stanley kubrick was murdered by the illuminati or the occult or whatever he was commenting on my personal take on it and that's why he even titled it this video no this uh, recording my take on stanley kubrick's eyes wide shut is because when it comes to anything Kubrick makes it's your own personal view he'll never explain he would never explain anything to anybody who would ask him what a film was about and it's a great thing about Stanley Kubrick he wants you I think part of the greatness of Stanley Kubrick's filmography is that it makes you do the work it makes you reflect it makes you look for answers to questions that have been presented for you rather than asking to be spoon-fed answers because that's the problem with many films today. They just give you answers or tie everything up in a neat little bow rather than provide you with enough ambiguity to leave you constant questioning. But then again, with Eyes Wide Shut, my personal take on it is that it's just a metaphor for modern-day life. It doesn't matter whether this was made in the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, modern, modern era of today. I think it's just basically him telling him that there are so many things going on in front of us, yet we per- we perpetually close ourselves off, and and we more willfully give in to the more normalized perceptions that a culture shoves down our throats to make us accept that this is the way things are, 
and this is how the, the world really works. I mean, a general example could be in the class structure that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's character uh, live in. I mean, they're upper middle class, they've got really good jobs. Well, at least Tom Cruise does. Nicole Kidman used to work for an art gallery, but she obviously is now a stay-at-home mom. But she's, but they're not starving, they're not struggling financially. And this isn't me like saying some anti-rich sentiment. In fact, they're presented as very nice people, but they're also very self they're very self-deluded because they're not as toxic or as horrible as the the other upper middle class people that they that they're surrounded by particularly that played by Sidney Pollock's character who in the beginning you think oh it's Sidney Pollock playing his typical nice New York guy, New York character New York archetype but then you learn within like five like ten minutes of the film that he's 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 an adulterer he cheats on his wife with young women who basically get basically who he provides drugs to but and it's done so casually which was what makes Kubrick so great he doesn't blow it out of proportion when he shows something horrific about the human race he basically just lets you see it for yourself and absorb it to the extent that this is just his take on humanity. I mean, I heard Kubrick, despite being, I mean, he had a very, I heard he had a very pessimistic outlook on the human race, and I don't blame him. I mean, fuck, some of the greatest minds like George Carlin had a very pessimistic outlook on the human race, as I do. Not to say it's all doom and gloom, but it's more like a healthy pessimism that knows that human beings are just tribalistic animals that will always give in to some of the worst traits of themselves and uh, it's very, it can be very ugly, even when it's normalized. And that's what Eyes Wide Shut presents, a very normalized acceptance, a lot of bullshit that we don't pay either pay attention to or we just gradually accept. Another key example of this is in the middle of the movie where Tom Cruise is getting a costume to, to go to that occult party where I don't know the name, but he's basically... He's the homeless guy from Batman Begins, the one that Batman gave his coat to. And in this case, he gives both a cloak and a mask to Tom Cruise. And in the middle of that transaction, they find his daughter, played by a young Lily Sabosky, being engaging in sexual activity with these two older men who broke into his costume shop. I mean, I don't really know if there is an employee, if there is his employees, but basically, she's underage. And he does go bape shit, and he locks them in his office, which I thought, wow, that's a good father. He's literally locking them in the office while he calls the police. Well, still, he still has to make his money. At the same time, the day later, after the weird occult ritual experience that Tom Cruise undergoes, the guy's pretty much worked out a deal where he offers his daughter in as a sex object so he can make some extra cash. He even says it like, we had an arrangement. I really don't know what his accent is. I don't think he's Russian. I think he's Albanian or Armenian. I'm not sure. Maybe Albanian. I'll have to check on that next time if I ever do another review on Eyes Wide Shut because that's the beauty about Kubrick. You can't do just one review on on, on any of his particular works. And that's why one of, some of my favorite, whenever I do look watch a Stanley Kubrick movie, I just can't help but watch a video analysis by Rob Ager who just talks about some of Kubrick's greatest works like The Shining, uh, Clockwork Orange, and obviously Eyes Wide Shut. And they, I'll even put some links down below because if you look at Rob Ager, 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 yeah, it's very hard to pronounce his name sometimes. 
But if you look at Rob Ager's channel, you'll find like loads of Stanley Kubrick analysis videos. I mean, I don't, I haven't, I don't know if he has any 2001 A Space Odyssey ones. He probably does. I mean, if he loves Kubrick enough to comment on some of his best works, like uh, A Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut, or The Shining, that was the noise outside of my apartment. In case you're all weirded out by that, don't know what the hell's going on. And there's more of it. Fucking assholes. Speaking. Well, not speaking of assholes, I mean, plenty of the characters in Eyes Wide Shut are assholes. Would I say that about Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's character? They could have ended up assholes, but eventually they do come, once they learn more about the occult and what it meant, because a lot of this film, it, I mean, you could say a lot that what takes place of it is on the surface, but then it's also very metaphorical in the sense that it reaches the surface and it becomes present with the characters. I, I guess the best way of... Uh, uh, putting, I mean, saying what, I mean, giving better clarity to what I'm saying is, go back to the title of the book this was, this this film was adapted from. I mean, I've never read Dreamhouse, but I mean, the fact that it, it's got the word dream in it, and even the final lines of the film that uh, reference the idea of a dream and how they are now awake, and how they should just fuck, that says something about the 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 commentary about what what Stanley Kubrick was probably trying to get to, I mean you could argue he's commenting on deeper issues on who the people in that party were or what who really runs the world I don't know I mean if Stanley Kubrick was alive now I know if I was to ask him what were you trying to say he'd tell me to go fuck myself probably I mean it's become more badass for people to say that as opposed to just saying go figure it out but and, but then again, I still would be honored if Stanley Kubrick told me to go fuck myself because, hey, it's Stanley Kubrick. I mean, he, the guy was a genius. And, I mean, as much as I love Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining to me is a masterpiece. And knowing the possibility that it touches a similar territory like Eyes Wide Shut and it's about how people close, ignore so many fucked up things and yet just move on is a very enlightening... Well, not I wouldn't say enlightening because, I mean, The Shining is a film that... I agree with Steven Spielberg, it's set out to hurt you, but I wouldn't say it's set out to hurt you just to hurt you, it's set out to make you uncomfortable in a way where it's basically telling you to not look away from bullshit that most people tend to look away from, and one key example of that is the domestic violence angle. And then when I earlier mentioned Room 237, the documentary, what I liked about one of the theories was that it it's basically about the evil of the human race. and and. Several key examples of that included the the German Nazi the German typewriter that Jack Torrance is writing from is from like the Nazi era, and the fact that he's a racist, the fact that he genuinely hates his family, as opposed to the Jack Torrance from the Stephen King novel that The Shining was adapted to, it's basically showing you that there are so many things that are right out in the open to us, just like an eyes wide shut that we often ignore and look away from willfully, that it doesn't exactly paint a very optimistic picture of the human race. And looking at, and I mean, as cold as Stanley Kubrick's movies can be from time to time, there is an, a, a humorous absurdity to it because he seemed, I mean, from the interviews I've seen and even the final interview he did before Eyes Wide Shut, he seemed like a very jolly, I mean, he seemed like a very humble and nice guy. I mean, I heard mixed messages on the production of Eyes Wide Shut, how on one end, Harvey, um, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman liked him, 
while Harvey Keitel couldn't stand him. I don't know the story behind that, but then again, it's oh, I, I, I sometimes think that the criticisms of him are exaggerated, like the ones about him abusing Shelley Duvall. I mean, I don't know. I saw the documentary on The Shining, and he was a little... I mean, I would say he was tough, but it didn't seem like he was like a, a bastard. But then again, I'm never, you're never going to know the whole story. And it's the same goes with films like Eyes Wide Shut. You're never going to know the whole story of what the film was trying to say. It's just presenting you a story, an idea of, of something to think about. That's why I'm going to continue to rewatch it and explore how it's a film that just tells you not to look away, don't lie to yourself, and just have a greater sense of clarity in approaching the world rather than living the illusion that the world tries to provide for you. I mean, conspiracy theories aside, because trying to trying to find some, some... I mean, I think even Noam Chomsky summed up the idea of finding the truth within anything, not in Eyes Wide Shut specifically. He said that even if we were to find and discover the truth, we would only get a spectrum of it because it's never clear. He said something like that, and I think there is... I think that that is spot on because no matter what issue that we're looking at today, whether it's the current crisis in Ukraine or Russia or the coronavirus mis disinformation bullshit, you're never going to have an absolute level of certainty regarding a particular matter because there's far more complexity than we like to give it credit for and trying to simplify the world is very irresponsible. Yet it's ironically part of human nature and it's, I'm not saying it, can't, it should be condoned or con, it shouldn't be totally condoned or totally condemned, but it should be a, approached with a level of empathy and trying to understand that we got to at least accept that we won't know everything, but we should always keep our eyes open and be vigilant. Now, this isn't some paranoia, like me being paranoid, but I do think Eyes Wide Shut is an important film because it tells you that you gotta you just can't lie to yourself you can't live in a state of self-delusion like nicole kidman and tom cruise's char characters although tom cruise was in a state of self-delusion because he had a very generalized perception of his wife's role as a wife and as a mother rather than as a much more complex and multi-dimensional human being because i don't think anybody's simple even the blandest individual has has either something to hide or it's something inside them that's been buried for so long that they weren't they didn't have the awareness or the willful desire to understand it and that's and that is important to better understand yourself as a human being and why you can probably achieve a better sense of happiness and i mean i'm not saying that confronting and looking at yourself deeply will automatically make you happy but if you start telling the truth to yourself rather than living in mind to yourself and living some form of self-delusion, you can have the capacity to be happier. I mean, I mean, I guess the way I would put it is like if someone was to tell me a, something I knew was a straight out lie, I would prefer them tell me the hard, brutal truth because even if it made me uncomfortable at the moment, at least any chance I, ha I would have of being happy from learning that same truth would be more authentic and authenticity is something you just can't give a trade-off for and i don't think stanley Co and looking at stanley kubrick's filmography and the way he approached storytelling filmmaking and even just his dedication to the craft there's so much authenticity there that i doubt he would ever apologize for who he was
Anyway, those are that's my take on eyes wide shut and why you just got to start looking a little closer and open those open. Oh fuck! I wanted to leave it off better, but you know, what? keep those peepers fucking open. This episode of Open Door Films was brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, then you'll be happy to know it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and you can do it for free. Anchor offers all the creation tools needed for you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. Anchor will help distribute your podcast for you. That way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and several podcasting 2.0 platforms such as Podfreed, Breeze, Sphinx, Podstation, CurioCaster, and Fountain. Anchor can also help you make money from your podcast, and with no minimum listenership required. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the Anchor app for free, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Also, please like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with anyone who loves movies enough to still pay it to the feeder the respect it's due, as opposed to the streaming platform regime. Every little suggestion helps. Till next time.